0: Now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable to you, O God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Hello again to Hub, and I hope you're hearing and receiving us loud and clear. Um, Today, with the title for the sermon, Love People is part of the continuation of our theme, 2.3, and... I wanted to be a bit singlish and entitled it "Bring, come here," but I just decided to bring. I'm gonna start actually by sharing something sad, but before that, something happy. End of July, this Lee Yam Kai, you know the name? Yes. And myself, me, or to be more <clears throat> grammatically correct, and I, each completed 35 years as track pastors. 35 years. <clears throat> wait, 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 it gets better. So I understand, this November, our, at our annual conference session, both of us, together with Edmund Souza, we, we, we all, three of us began together, will receive our 35th, 35-year uh, long service award. Got money, no? Uh. Hmm. How about that? Total 105 years, all together. Not bad lah, huh? Okay, that's the happy, now the sad. Uh, by the way, this introduction to this sermon is a bit long and a bit more convoluted than usual, <clears throat> but in the end I hope you will see the method in the madness. In thirty-five years of pastoring, for me the saddest part of being a pastor is the funerals of children. Funerals of children. I still remember, I can picture in my memory, nearly thirty years ago walking through a ward in the old Tan Seng Hospital one-storey building, uh, to a bed and lying peacefully there in a nice dress, a five-year-old girl who had died of cancer. At that time, our daughter was about the same age. And I thought to myself, well, that could be our daughter. And therefore, it was quite heartbreaking. I've done the funeral of a nine-year-old boy with severe disabilities. Of every kind. And his body was no bigger than that of a five-year-old. But the worst one, I guess, was a baby who died soon after birth in infancy. You can still picture the father carrying the small coffin, about so long, tied with raffia under his arm. So, that's really the saddest and most heartbreaking aspect For me, being a pastor, uh, there's nothing could be sadder than the funerals of children. Something not so sad, but still sad, was the time when I, as Wesley PIC, had to close down our Methodist Youth Fellowship, our MYF. Now, I'll be talking quite a bit about Wesley because that's my home church. And I was there as pastor for quite a few years. The Methodist Youth Fellowship at Wesley, I was the MYF president in the early 70s. But we realized that the youth were attending Sunday school. They didn't have time for MYF, mainly due to demands of school and studies. So MYF was no longer viable as an organization. We had to kill it, so to speak. And then not even 20 years later... It came for the time to close down Sunday school uh, in favor of children's ministry and youth ministry. Because children found Sunday school boring. Because teachers did almost everything. But CM and YM involved the children themselves and the youth in serving and leading. And instead of just teacher teaching, there was small group activity and dynamics. So Sunday school also had to die it's like euthanasia a mercy killing for me it was even sadder because um, than MYF because I had grown up through the Sunday school at West from pre to primary one and I could still I still fondly remember some of my Sunday school teachers even the one that had to go to jail because of fraud and there were the memory verses uh, so many, but by primary three, I had already memorized, <clears throat> besides Lord's Prayer, John 3.16, even Ephesians 4.32 in the King James Version. Can any of you do it? And be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Um... And the Sunday school songs. Uh, rolled away, rolled away, rolled away. Anybody sang that in Sunday school here? Uh, okay, some. And one door and only one, and yet its sides are two. Anybody? Okay, <laughs> only two. Okay, two now, one door and two sides. Alright. Alright. <clears throat> um, and you know, at uh, the traditional service, at eight o'clock and then at five we, we, will, we have and will sing two Sunday school songs, "Jesus loves me, this I know," and tell me the stories of Jesus I love to hear, things I would ask him to tell me if he were here. all these things are part of my uh past, my growing up in Sunday school, and of course, there were the stories of Jesus and others, like David and Goliath. And we were told many of the stories and parables of Jesus. And one of these stories is our scripture for today. So that's the end of the introduction. I wanted to bring you to this place. The story is about four guys bringing their paralyzed friend to Jesus. So let's look at it now. From Mark chapter 2 verses 1 to 12. We're reading from ESV. This is what Mark writes. And when he returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home. And many were gathered together, so there was no more room, not even at the door. And he was preaching the word to them. And they came, bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. And when they could not get near to him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had made an opening, and they let them down the bed on which the paralytic lay. To say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise up, rise, take up your bed and walk. But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed and go home. And he rose and immediately picked up his bed, went out before them all, so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, Oh, we never saw anything like this. Now, I tried to get an image from the internet of this story, but I rejected them all because everyone looks so Caucasian, especially Jesus. And it could not be uh, really what it was. So, there are not many, because it's so simple and straightforward, They are not many technicals here. Uh, the only point to make is that the word bed is probably not the best translation, the original word refers to a poor person's mattress. So probably a, the word mat is better than a bed or mattress even, and which was somehow converted into a stretcher. If it were really like bed, like a, what is it, four star, five star uh, posture or whatever, it's hard to imagine how the fellow alone could wrap up that and then walk away, right? So it must have been a mat. You understand what I mean? Okay? And somehow it was converted into a stretcher. So some points to note. One, the paralytic <clears throat> was brought to Jesus to be healed. But Jesus first forgave his sins. Two, of course, it brought controversy. But Jesus used this to show his authority to forgive sin and so affirmed his own deity. Which is easier? The question is rhetorical. It's obvious, a no-brainer. Of course, easier to say than do. But Jesus shows he can not only say, but he can also do. So don't need to explain anymore. What's your point? You may be asking and questioning in your own heart. Only this, if we love people, our theme for this year, we will bring them to Jesus. Nothing else you need to remember about this sermon. If we love people, we will bring them to Jesus. And we need to remember that we may bring them to Jesus for him to meet their needs, for healing, but their greatest need is forgiveness of sins. Did you get that? You may bring someone to Jesus for anything else, but their greatest need is forgiveness of sins. And so, the ones we need most to bring to Jesus are our Christian. Pre-Christian friends and loved ones. We know it's not easy, but we need to try. Especially if we say they are our friends and our loved ones. People need help to come to Jesus. People don't always know how to or know the way. We are told that the uh, Roman Catholic Bishop Fulton Sheen from last last century, in his autobiography, autobiography, Treasure in Clay, comes from the scripture reference we have this treasure in earthen vessels or cracked pots as it may be he said about he told about getting lost in Philadelphia where he was due to give a lecture in the town hall so this is what he says i stopped to ask a few boys for directions and they told me where the town hall was and then asked why are you going there i'm giving a lecture on heaven and how to get there would you like to come and find out he could got to be kidding. You don't even know the way to the town hall. (laughs) So it seems that one of the best um, ways to bring people to Jesus is to firstly invite them to church. It could be for church service, it could be for healing service, a program in the church like the Parenting Forum. And also, especially for Alpha that we just saw. Uh, the video about. So let me share with you a couple of quick alpha testimonies. Alpha testimonies. For example, this person called Chu Hong uh, a few years ago said, For many years, I wanted badly to believe in God, but there was always that last step of faith. And I was not willing or ready to, which I was not willing or ready to take. Many major questions remain which I felt were not being answered. The of course I attended did not answer these questions, but it showed me that God loved me. So I gave it a try and put all my worries at his feet and said, Okay, God, thanks so much for giving me Jesus. I'm sorry I've not trusted you before, but here I am now. I must admit it wasn't like a bolt of lightning hitting me, but over time I've learned to lay my problems at his feet and learn to listen for his word and direction. The listening bit was the hardest, as initially... I didn't seem to hear anything, but eventually it dawned on me, through the Alpha course, that God speaks to us through many ways, including reading his word and through prayer. Alpha was what finally convinced me to put my trust in the Lord through the seeds of faith which had previously been sown. I would recommend it not only for people who have yet to accept Christ, but also for Christians who feel they need a little refreshing or would like some practical answers or guidance to living a Christian life. That's the first testimony. The next one, believe it or not, came from AMKMC. You know that church? Ah, okay. Uh, I won't say who, but this is the testimony. Like most people, I was searching. I wanted to find out what life was all about, to make sense of life. I was then walking in darkness. Deep within, I knew that there was only one true God. In my infrequent visits to churches, I felt at a loss as I knew no one there. I only went there to ask for blessings. A friend invited me to the Alpha introductory dinner. I went, and partly out of curiosity to find out what it was all about. It turned out to be a decision that will, I will never regret for the rest of my life. For all the deep questions about life that the Alpha course deals with, it turned out to be a surprisingly relaxed and enlightening course, we had jokes, relaxed discussion and fellowship. There was real respect and openness. The most important gift I received through the Alpha course was Jesus Christ. For the first time in my life, I felt that the truth had come into my life. I had not only found truth, but also discovered God's presence and love in a direct and personal way. These are Alpha testimonies. And there are many, many such testimonies. But the point is that people need someone, a friend, to bring them to Jesus. Will you be such a friend? By the way, Alpha registration closes next Sunday, so work on it, yeah. Bring someone to Jesus. Let me ask all these fellows who were just received into membership. How many of you were brought by someone to church? Nobody. All came on your own. You were brought by your parents. Those baptized, they were forced to come to Sunday school. Okay, put up your hand again. How many of you were brought by someone to church? Or to Jesus in some way? Yeah, okay, at least you get a better representation. All you guys came on your own, is it? Never had any help. I'm sure all of us will remember that in our lives, someone helped bring us. Someone's helped bring us to Jesus. So it's time we did the same for others. You know, some of us feel very, very difficult to evangelize directly. A pastor long ago tells about a Texas businessman who became a Christian. And he was a man who talked easily, but he found, because he was a baby Christian, great difficulty in verbalizing his faith. So what he did was, instead of witnessing directly, he would bring people to the church he attended. He would speak to them and say, "I found something. Please go to this place with me." And this pastor says that at the man's, after the man's death, he preached in that church. And as he mingled after the service, he met more than 20 men, men, who said, "I'm a follower of Jesus Christ because that businessman brought me here, and what I've, here and what I felt, and I felt what I heard. I knew to be true. It could be as simple as that. So, maybe, uh, and maybe how we feel also is that we not only feel it hard to verbalize, um, we may feel uneasy about the Bible saying, Jesus is the way, the truth, the life, the uniqueness of Christ. So, listen to this other one. John Coventry Smith, uh, all these people I mentioned are real historical figures, you can Google them if you want, told of a conversation he overheard between Howard Lowry, or Lowry, Lowry, I think, president of Worcester College, and Dr. Save Pali Radhakrishnan, a Hindu philosopher. Lowry remarked that he was sometimes embarrassed by the Christian claim of the uniqueness of Jesus Christ which is at the heart of all evangelism. To say to India, Jesus is the light of the world, isn't that arrogance? Is not that a subtle form of exalting ourselves, as if to say, only we have the light? And this is what Dr. Radhakrishnan, the Hindu philosopher, answered after a pause. Yes, he said, but the Christian has no choice. This is what your scriptures say you cannot say less you are saved from arrogance when you say it in the spirit of jesus christ we're not saying that bringing someone to jesus is easy but we must and and we must back it up with consistent prayer as we heard last sunday Chiang Ming chun is somewhere back there falling asleep but you remember him saying or sharing about praying for the, his, his friends whom we knew and how delighted he was when uh, they became Christians. So that's very crucial. But if we say we love people, love finds a way. How many of you like Jurassic Park, first movie? Some of you are. I don't know if you remember. Malcolm says, life finds a way. But, Bible says, love finds a way. Now, as far as I know, this story is true. I'm going to tell you about, uh, because he made the movie even, by uh, David Lynch, no less. This guy is the actor, This from the movie. He's not the real person. But the story is about Alvin Strait. Um, his 80 year old brother Henry had suffered a stroke so at the age of 73, Alvin Strait could not see well enough to have a driver's license anymore he decided his only option was to travel to see his brother on his 1966 John Deere riding lawnmower, this is USA not like Singapore Singapore Jurong to Changi 25 miles he and his brother 240 miles John Deere tractor so he set off in early July 1994 he drove the round mower with a trailer hitched to it along the highway shoulders trailer was loaded with petrol camping gear clothes and food and he began from his home in Lawrence Iowa to get to his brother in Blue River, Wisconsin. You can check your Google how far that is. For four day, after four days and 21 miles into the trip, the lawnmower broke down in West Bend, Iowa and straight spent $250 on replacement parts. After travelling another 90 miles, he ran out of money in Charles City, Iowa. He camped there until his next social security check arrived in August. And there he was interviewed by local newspapers by on August 15th, his lawnmower broke down again when he was two miles away from his brother's house. A farmer stopped and helped push the trailer i mean the tractor, the two miles to his brother's house. and you know what? His top speed of the lawnmower is five miles an hour, two hundred and 40 miles, 6 weeks. And of course, well, the the, the good news is after the visit, um, his nephew came in with a pickup and brought him back home. 240 miles in 6 weeks, uh, I calculate, is 0.024 miles per hour. Or 40 meters per hour. 40 meters per hour. average speed. Huh? That's the speed of a starfish (laughs) or a snail. And the only thing that is slower is the three-toed sloth. You go and check. But what does it tell us? Love finds a way. So today, you know, even as we have heard about the saddest things in pastoral ministry, I must tell you about the happiest things in pastoral ministry. And for me, one of the happiest things is when I find out that someone in church has helped to bring someone else to church and to Jesus. Can I say that again? One of the happiest things that happens to me as a pastor is when I find out that someone has helped bring someone else to Jesus and to church. If we love people, we will bring them to Jesus because this is who we are. This is what we do. Let us pray. Dear God, our Father, we thank you for challenging us through the story of the four friends. um, How, if we love people, we'll bring them to you. We pray that you will indeed convict us of this and help us by your empowerment so that we can be that channel and that means by which others come to you.